Welcome back to Roots Radio, a podcast about sharing experiences with those battling ALS. The overarching goal of Roots Radio is to strengthen and comfort the ALS community through the sharing of experiences lived by its members. On our podcast, we will hear from those diagnosed with ALS, as well as from caregivers, doctors, and researchers. As a reminder, if you would like to be a part of our project, please reach out to us at rootsradioals at gmail.com. Here at Roots Radio, we believe that each of us are rooted in our core experiences and attributes from which we gain strength to face adversity. We like to think about the roots of a tree as our grounding principles that symbolize those parts of our lives that are not touched or weakened by ALS. I am one of your hosts, Jesse, a social worker who has the privilege of working in the ALS community. My co-host and my friend is Lenny. Lenny is a patient advocate for those individuals living with ALS, and he himself was diagnosed with ALS in July of 2019. Thanks, Jesse, and hello, everyone, and welcome again to our podcast. I imagine that most of you are familiar with the introductory music that we selected for our show today, The Circle of Life from Disney's The Lion King. I imagine that many of you are also wondering why The Circle of Life and why on this podcast. Well, the prominent percussion in The Circle of Life is a West African percussion instrument called the djembe. The djembe is part of African culture and is not only a musical instrument, but it is used to convey stories and as a means of communication. Now, the connection of the Circle of Life to our podcast is that today's guest, Pat, has been playing the djembe for the last eight years, well before her ALS diagnosis in 2019. And it's Pat's musical expression through the djembe, as well as her other artistic talents, that helps her cope with the challenges of ALS. And to help our listeners visualize Pat and give some color to our podcast, Pat is a 70-year-old woman living in the Lehigh Valley. She's a colorful, energetic woman adorned with bright red rim glasses and a shock of purple color in her bangs against the background of short white hair. And now let's share our interview with Pat. So Pat, thank you so much for joining us today on Roots Radio and sharing a chapter of your story with us. We're so appreciative and so grateful. Um, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. yeah, we are excited. So, um, so djembe, it is such a cool sound. It is so unique. Um, tell us a little bit about it and how you got involved and how it's become a part of your, your artistry. Well, djembe, you know, as you all know, well, you don't all know, but you do now that comes from uh, Africa is used in a lot of their percussion background music. Um, I got involved in it about eight years ago now, uh, a friend of mine introduced me to a drum circle that was going on in the Lehigh Valley. And I joined the drum circle to see what it was about. Uh, obviously, I didn't have a drum. They supply everything. Just, I loved it. I loved the, just, you know, losing myself in the sound of the drum. Um, so, because I loved it so much, I took lessons. And my, it's not an individual lesson type thing. It's a group lesson. We have a group that's called the Great Djembe Jam. And uh, there's usually, I think there's about 20 of us, and we perform at Music Fest and a fair and all sorts of local things around here. Anything we can perform at for anybody, you know, different groups. Um, I love it. I just... Uh, just the sound of the drum, which is a really good sound for somebody that just wants to kind of meditate with it. Now, you can't meditate too much because of the fact you have to have some idea what you're doing there. It does get more complicated than just banging out the drum. We don't do that. But uh, like I said, you know, the COVID's been hard on us because we obviously didn't get to play at Music Fest or anything else this year. We do practice online on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Not quite the same because we can't have everybody drumming at the same time. It was a mess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so for how me, it, for me, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was, I was just going to say for me, for the, with the ALS, it's still, I can still use my hands as far as drumming on the drum, as far as anything else. They're not, but go ahead, Jess. Yeah. So, 
So I'm just curious how, so did you have any, uh, up to this point, had, had music instruments? I mean, I, I know you're an artist and we'd love to hear sort of about that part too, but was, was being involved in musical endeavors a part of your, your path up to now? I, I had piano lessons when I was younger for like seven years. I, played flute. I was always involved in some kind of music, but you do not need any kind of musical background to play a djembe. You don't know how to read music, nothing. Come in there just with your hands and go for it. Yeah, that is so awesome. And you mentioned um, how it can almost be like a form of a meditation. And I'm so curious about that because... um, I sometimes feel like exercise for me can feel meditative because it's not only like my sort of mental sort of fortitude, but also the, the movement of, of body, you know, in, in conjunction with that, as well as I would, you know, it sounds like that's similar to what djembe is like that the physical part of it, of making noise, creating while also sort of being introspective. I don't know. Is that, does that sound like something you guys that it's it, brought up? <clears throat> it's it's not we don't do that so much in the group because as we uh, you know we play for entertainment for people to enjoy what we're doing some people dance to the music uh, especially we have some dancers in our group that go out and perform uh yeah. doing whatever things but uh it is we have there's one uh there's one uh, a melody we have is called heartbeat now that's a basic tune but if you wanted to sit there and play it for an hour, I mean, I could sit there and just play it and play it and just lose myself somewhere. Mm-hmm. As long as my hands are moving, I'm fine. Mm. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm curious, Pat. So some, mm-hmm. you know, somebody like myself who just heard it, I love, I love music. Um, I dabbled with the guitar for, you know, I think I had one year of experience playing a guitar 30 times over because I was never able to, to master it. And now, unfortunately, I can't, I can't do it. Um, I've tried, but you know, I just don't have the, the dexterity anymore. But but djembe really intrigues me um, because once again, I love I love music. It's very visceral to me. I mean, I feel it. I used to love to dance, and you know, would get up at the beginning of the set and sit down at the you know two o'clock in the morning when the, they had last call. But for somebody like myself, it, you know, is that something that that I could learn or? Uh, you know, yeah. that you, that, that would be something that you don't really need a particular skill set for it, that you just have to enjoy really just, just the sound, just the percussion. Just enjoy the sound and go with it. It's the vibration of the drum as in like a lot of musical instru- instruments that, that vibration, because everything is made up of, of energy and the vibrations, it just resonates with, with life, you know, and, and it just, uh, it's, it's hard to explain unless you experience it. You, you have to, Lenny, I have to get you to play the djembe. You know? and That's you what I'm sure getting it. I'm sort of trying to weasel my way in here to say, hey, Pat, <laughs> when we're all finished here, oh, sure. I want to give talk. you a call and I want you to introduce it, me to it and, and help me learn sure. it and see if it's something that could, uh, that, that would be good. Because I, I love, you know, the circle of life, like I think a lot of our listeners are familiar with, just to, the percussions of that. It's just so, you know, it's, it's, it just, it gets me to the core and that's that vibration that you're talking about, whether I'm playing it or listening to it, it just, it just makes me feel good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it does. It does. It's uh, our group when you get together and there's different parts being played with, you know, like three or four people playing this part and somebody playing that. <clears throat> uh, we don't usually go past three parts because it can get extremely confusing. Uh, but, you know, two, three parts, the djembe in a group is, it's awesome. It's just, it's such a neat feeling and such a great sound. And uh, apparently people like it because they come to see us. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, well, you mentioned uh, Music Fest. Right. Well, Mo Durant, who, who is the leader of our little group there, she's the lead, she's the drummer for the Large Flower Heads, which is a, uh, a, a 60s group. They play a lot of 60s music and they play all over the place. So a lot of people do know the name. But she is our fearless leader, you know, and uh, she gives us all the support and the lessons, everything else we need. And, uh, you know, she's just an awesome lady that does a lot of work with uh, 
older people in nursing homes and she'll go in with that and explain the djembe and stuff. And we have, she has little round like things that you bang on and she'll get people involved in that. We do the same thing when we go play, even like music fest, et cetera. But if we go out and we're playing for people, she'll have sometimes extra djembe's that they can just bang on or the little symbol type things. that looks like a symbol, but it's not it's a little drum thing. Um, it's an interactive thing. Uh, when we go out, but uh, Lenny, you could do it. Jesse, you could too. As a matter of fact, we have a drum circle coming up via Zoom, which is interesting, but it does work because uh, there's no wrong notes. That's another thing. There's nothing wrong. You can't do anything wrong, you know, mm-hmm. unless you're still playing when nobody else is when we're in the group. But you know, seriously, so nobody's going to say, "Hey, Lenny, come on, man, get out the rhythm <laughs> Stop, here." <laughs> no, nope, Lenny, they're going to love you anyhow. You know what? Love I- you anyhow. You know what I love though? I, I I feel like there's so many parallels to what you're saying. A couple things that are sticking with me right now is that you said that it's this communal experience, right? Where you're all doing something and we all bring different thoughts, feelings, emotions, whatever, physical limitations to the table. Exactly. We're all doing our own thing, but we're all doing it together. And yes. I think that is just such a um, a beautiful allegory. And, and it's also this thing of, of, you know, how you said you can't do anything wrong. Like that is just, just you saying that I felt it. I love your words, Lenny. You said to the core, I felt that to the core, like of just God being able to do something and say to myself, you can't do it wrong. You know, I feel like it's, it's free it's to me. And Mo will emphasize that with people that you just can't play a wrong note. And she's there. You're not going to be the best person drumming because she'll say, I am. And she will be because she's awesome. And she's done it for so many years. Um, We have people in the group that probably have drummed over 20 years. Wow. Uh, Doing djembe for 20 years or more the traditional djembe djembe, djembe, djembe. Now, Mo, when she plays with the flower head, she plays the regular drum set. You know, she'll be able to incorporate the djembe at times, yes. She'll play with other groups sometimes. She'll play the djembe. Um, but, yes, and she is part of my support group, and so are about three out of the other other people, four people that I drum with. And because they all know me very well, I know them very well, and we all drum. And it's, it's like a little community, yeah. You would know mm-hmm. it, like if you run Jess, you know what it's like to have like other people that run with you if you're close to them at all. Um, yeah. Lenny, I'm not quite sure what you do, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> what is, yeah. No, well, Lenny, tell us a little bit about for you what that, I'm curious. A pre-ALS life and a post-ALS life. Right. Pre-ALS life, I was very much into to sports and working out. I liked, uh, uh, you know, hitting the bag, a heavy bag and, um, uh, you know, I really enjoyed the boxing part of it and um, played softball as I got older and, and things like that. I enjoy sports very much. And, and now obviously I'm a little bit more, well, a lot more sedentary, um, you know, mostly uh, on the computer um, reading, uh, uh, always looking for things to, to keep me busy, to, to, to get me up. Cause it's, um, you know, one of the, the, the most comfortable things for me to do unfortunately is to be in a, in a, in a, you know, lying down position or reclined position. It just helps me, you know, just physically, but I, I, I don't want to do that. So I'm always looking for things and reasons to make sure that I get up and I try to take advantage of every day. Um, I mean, I still take naps and things like that, but, you know, during the course of the, of a normal day, I'm on the computer. I, uh, I like playing backgammon and, um, uh, you know, listening to music and, uh, you know, I watch TV, watch the news, um, you know, those types of things. So much more sedentary. But that's why this djembe really interests me, um, because once again, it may be something else is just going to help me continue to move along. And, um, you know, besides the exercises and stretching, which I think are important for all of us. But um, this is something that maybe will give me that 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 musical connection that I've always enjoyed, oh, yeah. but never been able to. Like I said, played the guitar for for a long time, but 
you know, it was really a beginner every time I picked it up. And maybe this would be something that I could, in my own head anyways, excel a little bit at. And oh, I think um, you can do it. Many. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you have the will, there's a means to it. There's a way. And to know you can't do it wrong. I mean, I feel, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that is awesome. There is no wrong note. Like I said, oh, you do not have to read music. No, that that's great. And it's a, uh, yeah, I mean, that's something we all probably strive for is, is a collaboration and participation in something that does absolutely no judgment. And right. uh, that's, right. that's really good. That's yeah. why I wish more people did it because especially with the COVID, it would give them such a good outlet, even though they're not playing with other people to hear them. We mm-hmm. still do it on zoom. You know, the people are doing it as a, like a community, a group. And I mean, we even, we have one uh, guy that, Oh, he's drummed for a while. Maddie, uh, he has down syndrome. But he's a blast. And and he and uh, he got married to, oh, I guess about four years ago now. And that's kind of unusual sometimes in that community. But Maddie, he loves to drum. He loves to drum. And Mother Carol drums with him and wife. And, you know, it's it's cool to see that. And he just gets into it. Mo just is so good with handicapped people and you know, of any form. So yeah. well, speaking of that, then how working with me. I mean, if people if people are interested in djembe, which I guess if anybody wants to look it up on the internet, it's spelled D J E M B E. But uh, I mean, how would uh, you know where, where where could where could folks go actually um, if they would like to hear more djembe music? You know, obviously now getting out in in, in venues is a little difficult. But, um, you know, other things, if people like myself are interested in learning how to play um, or hearing what it sounds or, or, you know, just enjoying the music. Well, we do. Mo does have a website for the group, uh, for the the great Djembe Jam. Um, Or you can also go on uh, her uh, personal website. uh, I think it's under under just Mo Duran, M-O-E-J-E-R-A-N-T. Nor the large flower head, but we do have our own. Say our our own uh, website it explains everything in there. It gives date for dates for when we play as you know a community drum circle. Right now, we certainly don't have any dates for next year. Hopefully, Music Fest, Mayfair. Uh, there's a couple other things that we've played at yearly. Now, as to what's going to happen next year, I don't know. Right. Uh, I do miss those. But. Now, now, where can you get an actual gemma? Like, do you do you order them online? Like, where did um, you get? I I got mine uh, at different places where I went to play djembe <clears throat> That that had the excuse me. Uh, there's a Jim Donovan who's a biggie in uh, the djembe world he used to play with a band called the Ru- rusted roots i think he still plays with them i don't know I'm not sure but we won't go into him but he he does run like three-day uh workshops mm. on djembe one in loretto pa uh we went to a different one at uh Wula drum uh, drumming was that was a couple of years ago but that wasn't donovan that was another group you more or less have to explore, but buying a djembe, you can buy one locally here if anybody's local to Lehigh Valley at, uh, I think it's Guitar City. Okay. Uh, so they would uh, sell them. They sell djembes. Cool. Uh, you can find them online. No problem. There's, there's hundreds of places that, that sell djembes, really. Okay. And you just have to look and see. They can be very expensive or they can be, you know, reasonable, extremely reasonable. So, yeah. Yeah, I think when I was looking... I think awesome. I found one for like 37 bucks or something like that online at Amazon or something. Yeah, that's pretty basic there, Lenny, but that's all right. It'll still work. As long as you can bang on it, it works. That sounds like basic is what I'd want. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little less basic than that. but. Uh... <laughs> well, good. So now we know where to get them. We know how to get um, connected in and we'll, We'll make sure um, to get the website and all that information. We can get that plugged into our um, our show so that people know where to go. And sure, uh, sure, yeah, that is awesome. That is so cool. I can give you more information on that, you know, aside from the podcast. But yes, yeah, that's great. That, that's yeah. really super. Um, and I am going to probably 
like I said, weasel my way in here with you, uh, Pat, to uh, get no some lessons or have you <laughs> help me figure out where I can go to start and see if it's something that'll that'll catch on with me. Just join our drum circle just for, you know, I mean, not to, to join the group to play, but right now to start out the, a drum circle. And I said, I think there's one coming up Wednesday, next Wednesday evening. You just go on the Great Djembe Jam. If you Google that, it should bring up the uh, website and the dates for community drum circles. Community okay. drum circles. And we do it via Zoom. Zoom. Zoom is wonderful, you know? Right. <laughs> yes. Right. So you don't need a drum to do that right now. You could just get on and, and... You could bang on anything you want to, yes. Okay. I used to practice on the dryer on occasion. Okay. <laughs> I can see the sound coming from that. Yeah. yeah. I know that I know uh I, I love Led Zeppelin and John Bottom, who I thought was one of the greatest drummers ever. He uh I think it was uh when the levee breaks, he got the unique sound out of his drum there. But I think he played in a stairwell. Whatever mm-hmm. whatever however it came about, I think I remember reading that he actually put put his drum set at the bottom of a stairwell and he got that 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 resonating sound resonating, by yeah. playing in there. So sure. so anyways. Uh, just want to uh, shift gears here a little bit and um, uh, move from Jembe um, and and talk a little bit about um, if you could share with people your uh, ALS diagnosis. Uh, diagnosis. Um, you know, as I understand, um, you and I sort of share a similar date. We were both diagnosed with ALS in July of 2019, and I'm just wondering if you could maybe share with us. Um, you know, what, what were some of the onsetting conditions that, you know, that you started to really question and say, boy, you know, what's going on with myself here? Right. Um, probably the two that stood out the most uh, to me was I thought I was having a problem with my, my hands with arthritis because I could not, I could no longer grip things or put my fingers together, pick up things. Uh, so I went to talk to my doctor. Well, previously, I had been taking physical therapy for my lower back. I have my back problem, which doesn't help at all with ALS. But um, I was going to physical therapy, and my, my physical therapist, Marcus Weber, was awesome. Uh, when we were doing some exercises, I had to do a, he wanted me to do leg drops in order to, to strengthen my core from the back, which is essential in keeping yourself upright. And I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't bring my legs down one at a time slowly and, you know, bring them back up. And, it, and after a period of time, he said, something's not right. He said, you should be able to do this by now. You're in shape. And I was always in good shape. And like you, Lenny, I was like into athletics my entire life, uh, which is kind of a bummer now. But you deal with what you have. And uh, Marcus just kept reiterating that something wasn't right. So when I went to see my doctor, a regular physical exam and I was telling about my hands and then about my my not being able to strengthen my core she sent me to get an EMG and with a neurologist um you'll have to look that one up I'm not sure what EMG stands for I just know what it does uh and when the results came back from that um my neurologist did another EMG just they like to be certain of what's going on and uh MRIs, you know, down the line, but the EMG basically told her that I had ALS. Now, obviously, I had looked it up, and another name for ALS, obviously, well, it's Lou Gehrig's disease. A lot of people relate to that more. Um, so, with Marcus behind me there saying, you know, you ought to go get checked out. Unfortunately, my neurologist, who was a sweetheart, she still is, and she just came up and said, Pat, I really don't want to tell you this, but you have ALS. And that was July, <clears throat> July 9th, no, July 15th, 2019. And uh, um, there on things more or less go downhill, you know. It, um, right. It, it takes a while to, to actually assimilate the fact of what you have and what's going to happen. Uh, ALS is different than a, a lot of other diseases that you have that you know is basically i don't like to say it like this way but it, it, you're 
going to die. Everybody's going to die at some time. Yes. I, I can walk out the street, down the street today and I can kill. So it's just a point of that we already know that we're going to, and it could be, you know, a month, two years, five years, one, like Teresa, 20 years. Um, I think the general lifespan of an ALS patient was, they, they said maybe in the medical community, two to five years. But there's so many people that, that outlive that. I think probably ought to change it up a bit. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, obviously. But um, it, it's, as Lenny knows, it's not an easy thing to live with mentally, let alone physically. That, and that's, that's right. I know myself, you know, I have days where I'm, where I'm good and days where it's just like, you know, oh, shucks. And of course, I don't say shucks, but since no, this is no, a family podcast, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll use shucks. But um, so what, when you first heard the diagnosis, um, it, you know, I don't know how much you, because I, I knew about it when I had mine. Um, mm -hmm. Ironically, I knew about it because of Lou Gehrig and being a big baseball fan. So right. that's one thing I find very ironic about it. I've, I've, I've loved baseball all my life. And, you know, here I've got Lou Gehrig's one of the greatest baseball players of all time. You know, that's what, you know, is afflicting me. But I mean, what was what was going through your head when you first heard it? I know it does take a lot to process and assimilate it. But those first kind of thoughts. I, I don't know. It, it was sort of more or less denial in a way, but it wasn't something I could deny it was going to go away. You know, it's, I right. think denial, you, you, if you hit a wall sometime where you finally got past that. You know, it takes a while. Uh, I guess I didn't want to believe it. Uh, it's not something I had planned on, obviously. <laughs> no one does. Um, the, the weird thing is, uh, I when I came home and a couple of days later, uh, what, I actually watched the movie on Stephen Harkin, who uh, uh. some people do know that, you know, he also had ALS. <clears throat> and um, everybody said, well, what did you watch the movie for? He dies in the end. I said, well, aren't we all going to die yet sometime? You know, not just people with ALS, but it was a good movie. Uh, right. It hit home. Right. I have an awesome bunch of people in a support group. So I guess I didn't really freak out over the whole thing. I have my days where I go cry in a corner. I mean, cry. Right. Yeah, and, and 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 you need that. You need that emotional outlet. You can't keep that self that stuff inside. Keep it in. um, no. You know, I know when I was first diagnosed, um, the best thing I could think of I was I was cloudy. <laughs> My head was cloudy. It was like I wasn't yeah. quite sure. And um, for me, one of the hardest things was telling people about it, particularly my particularly my daughter. Mm -hmm. um, my girlfriend Marta was with me. who's a, a tremendous caregiver, and you know, I love her to death. Um, so she was with me, but telling my my daughter was tough. And I know that one of the things that um, that right from the beginning was all right. I gotta, you know, I mean, it's tough when basically the doctor's saying, you know, you gotta get, you know, I, I get your affairs in order. And that was one of the things that I really strive to make sure that I had all all that stuff. So it it, it is tough, and and. Uh, uh, it, it it's a pro it's something that I think to this day I continue to process. I'm not oh, sure yeah. if I'll ever have it processed. I don't think we ever have it processed. Well, and I think um, you are you're hitting on something that is so unique. I think to ALS, and like you said, you know, you could some other certainly there's other diseases out there, but with ALS, it's this knowing, right? And you were talking about that, this knowing and that sinking feeling and what do you do with that, right? I mean, I think that that is what you're saying. Sounds like what you're saying that, um, sure, we know that fate could throw us a curveball in a, in a minute and we, you know, but it's this knowing of the diagnosis that um, I think Puts, puts people with ALS and their loved ones in a totally different ballpark, you know? And, and I think it sounds like you have done an incredible job at surrounding yourself with people and 
activities and things that get it, you know, and don't say they're there, feel better. They just say, just show I, up far and let. I think basically because I'm, I'm very down to earth and, and right up front about things. And my friends know that, and, or they don't, you know, bull me and, uh, and speaking of well, Jimmy and everything, uh, when I told all, all of my friends knew that there's a possibility that I would have, as I told them previously, I was going for these tests. And mm-hmm. Mo, uh, when I told her, she said, okay, let's go to dinner. And she took me out to dinner like the next night, sat and talked, you know, about the whole thing. And and every, all my friends, we sat and talked about it. And, you know, I had Mo, I have a good friend of mine who is a hospice nurse. She's retired from now. Uh, I I was lucky in a way that some things just kind of fell into order. A good friend of mine who I talked to, and I actually went to see her after I got the diagnosis, after I told my husband, of course. But uh, and and Chad said, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get through this. We'll deal with it. But I went to see her, and her husband's a palliative care doctor at St. Luke's, and uh, she made an appointment to see him, who I see once a month. Because it's something that down the line is going to be useful and is useful now because, you know, we talk. And that's the only way you get through this, I think, is just to talk about it. Right. Uh, Not that's that you're right. ever going to get through it. But. No, and that's, uh, you know, we thought of a lot of catchphrases for the podcast. You know, one was fighting ALS, beating ALS, battling ALS. And, you know, at the end of the day, you really don't win. So we kind of stayed away from those types of uh, little right. catchphrases. But one of the things I always tell Marta, and I've said it to myself for, for many, many years, is it can always be worse. And I do believe that in my heart, that where you are, it could always be worse. And together with this combination that you and I are going through, um, Pat, as well as others in the community, ALS community, is this perfect storm of COVID and ALS. So the support group now is much more virtual. You're much more aware of what you know what you can and you can't do because obviously you don't want to get sick, um, and for a lot of reasons, not just for yourself but for your family. I mean, I want to, you know, I just don't want to put that burden on my family. But I will say that so many positive benefits, things have come out for me over the last since I've been diagnosed. You know, I can probably count ten new good friends that I've developed over that time. People that I just knew a little bit of, you know, I interacted with them here or there, whether it was at work at that time or what, but just all of a sudden just have just developed that I think I do have a, um, I don't talk with them every day, but you know, these are people, for example, I'd want over for a Super Bowl party and have a close group, you know, and uh, um, you know, they came and sang happy birthday to Marta. We couldn't have a birthday party. So I invited them over. I said, hey, do you mind standing outside 6.30 at night, 6 o'clock at night, and let's sing happy birthday to her. You know, just nothing more than just saying, "I excuse me, I care. And I just think that um, – so I keep reminding myself of the positives. You know, this this whole – what we're doing today, if, you know, I'm not saying that I would trade this for, you know, ALS or no, not to have no. ALS, but it is what it is. And I've got the tremendous opportunity that I've got to know and become friends with Jesse, who I cherish very much, then to meet you and maybe take this on in my next musical career with Jembe. You know, who knows? (laughs) Well, I mean, we can form our own group, yeah. That's right. That's right. (laughs) That's exactly right. So I keep telling myself that. and And I don't tell myself to make me feel good. I don't say it to lie to myself, but I can't deny it. You know, I mean, I, I state I, these facts and I cannot deny it that, yes, things have been could be worse. But, boy, a lot of benefit is a lot of good stuff has come from this. Um, and you, I'll continue you learn that. who the, the, the people are out there that really care about you and are yeah. willing to do anything for you. And you can call when you're really, really down in the dumps and, and they'll sit and listen and talk to you. Not like, oh, well, you know, I'm busy. I'll get back to you. No, no, it, it's now, you know. And, and they they do that. I mean, I don't tell them this now. Right. They, uh, th- there are there are some good things. I can't say a lot, but there's a lot of bad things. <laughs> you know, right. So you 
you know, what, what are you going to say? I, I look at people walking down the street and say, God, I can't even do that. Yeah. No, that's right. And maybe good things is not the word, but I've had some experiences that have been very positive and good that I otherwise would not have had. Right. And, yeah. you know, I'd, I'd rather have, I, 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 you know, with what we're faced with, um, which, like I said, there's, it could be a lot worse, but I, I say, all right, what's been good that's been drawn from this, you know, and I could, you know, I could probably name five, six, seven, eight things over the last year and a half or two years that um, I feel very grateful for. And uh, um, like right. I said, I'm, I'm just being factual, not, not trying to fool myself into feeling good, but just like, I can't deny it. I can't deny it. I've got this person now as a friend. I can't I deny gratitude, this person you know, does that. You, you hear a word there that's really important it is things to be grateful for and gratitude because there are, yes, there are quite a few things to be grateful for. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I'm grateful. And I was saying about walking, I can still walk. It's just, it is starting, you know, to digress. Uh, I use a walker now most of the time, mainly because I get out of breath quickly because I'm trying to support myself because of my. Right. Now, you know, if I didn't have a chronic back problem, I could probably cope with the ALS part of it a little bit better. Right. Put it that way. Right. Um, I, I have some awesome doctors. I go down to Hershey, to Hershey Medical for clinic every three months, one day a month, uh, every three months. And uh, they're awesome down there. They care about you. They're there for you. The same way up here, like with Wendy and, and you, Jesse, you know, you know, we can always call you guys rely on you on you and everything and uh and lenny it's kind of cool getting to know you too you know yeah well, that's what i'm saying yes, it, but, you know, your team is expanding yeah yes yes i know i know but uh but walking you know they have the als walk every year and uh unfortunately my walk this year was a little bit different than last yeah, year. tell us about that that was a kind of a funny little anecdote that you shared with us when we first connected yeah, it's funny now. It wasn't funny then. But <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this year, you know, we had to basically do everybody did their own little walk in their neighborhoods or whatever because we couldn't get together at Coca-Cola Park. This year it was going to be at Cedar Crest College. I was really looking forward to that. It's pretty, it's scenery, you know. But uh I because I knew I couldn't walk around the neighborhood, I have a two-wheeled like a razor scooter, but it has a seat on it and handlebars and that little thing goes about 15 miles an hour, which you don't want. To. No, that's pretty fast. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I have a helmet and everything. The whole works, you know, I'm safe. So that day I'm like, well, we're just, they're going to walk. My other friends are going to walk who came over to walk with me. There were about five other people that came over and my husband and myself. And, um, you know, we walked slowly through the neighborhood, talking to people, talking about ALS. But uh, I was on the scooter and trying to make it go slowly is, is, is a, I think you have to learn it. I don't know, but it was okay. And, um, you know, I said, well, I'm not going to wear my helmet because I'm just going out in this thing slowly. We did our walk around the neighborhood, you know, did a co- put a couple miles in and we just passed my house here, my, our house, went up to my neighbors because these people, my friends wanted to see from the top of the hill overlooking, you can see the city. And I went to turn around my scooter and I lost the you know, holding on. I wasn't even on it. I wasn't riding it. I was standing on the ground, turning it, and more or less slipped out of my hands. And I didn't want it just to crash into the ground. So I went to grab it. Well, my strength has you know, decreased. Right. I wasn't thinking of that. And I, of course, didn't have my helmet on, but I went to grab this and I fell with the scooter into this, you know, on the street. And unfortunately, I bounced off my, like my knee, my hip, my elbow, my shoulder, and my head. Uh, <laughs> I looked down and I saw blood running down the street. And I thought, oh, that's mine. And <laughs> once they untwined, I was like tangled up in the scooter. And right. some man that I didn't even know came by and picked me up. He was a big guy. And they said, I think you got to go to the hospital. And I did. I ended up having uh, five stitches in my head. Oh, well, you guys know where it is. They can't see me. <laughs> but right. uh, five stitches in my head and a torn rotator cuff which I found out the torn rotator tear cuff. I found out later, like a couple months later, I couldn't figure out why I had such pain in my shoulder. So I got that checked out. <laughs> but um, some sick irony in the fact that you were walking with your friends to raise money for ALS association. 
because of your diagnosis and because of your crew. And then, I mean, what the heck? That's what sometimes when you look at the universe and you just want to say like, really? Yeah, that was about it, really. And none of my, none of my <laughs> friends really, yeah. remem- they remembered it. But my one friend, Yvonne, the hospice nurse, said she saw, she can remember it in slow motion. Yeah. So she explains it to everyone that wants to find out. Because I'm like, I don't know. I just know what happened, you know. But, <laughs> well, I think another takeaway for our young listeners is always wear a helmet. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I took a lot. I took a lot of, uh, you know, what from people on that one. Well, oh, was a helmet in my garage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might, might have helped not having five stitches in my head. Yeah. Oh, my uh, gosh. I mean, yeah, we're yeah. laughing, but we're not laughing. Well, you know? Oh, I know. I know. I think I was laughing in the hospital. I was like, you know, like they just said, really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Me? Why? Why? Yeah. Oh, but, my you know, God. things happen. And I think you have to just laugh at him at, at some point in time i tell that story and people laugh all the time that's right that's right well now you know better that's you got that's why you got good judgment from bad experiences so mm-hmm. i you know, know better because i'll never get on that scooter again it's going it's it's being sold yeah <laughs> i like somebody to buy it get it out of my garage yeah oh man oh, that's um, funny yeah the irony for sure my next step it, it ha- it's going to have four wheels on it <laughs> right yes yes Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, it is. Yeah. That's it. Just the humor piece, finding the humor in some, some of the most ridiculous situations that, that, you know, ALS has thrown, thrown your way. I mean, sometimes that is a lifeboat too. You know, I think as music sometimes, and as we've talked about all these various coping mechanisms and and God, I, you got to be able to laugh sometimes. Oh, sure, yeah. I, we, and, and cry. You got to be able to let yourself oh, do Oh, yeah, that. I do a lot of right. crying. Believe me, I do a lot of crying. But, uh, you know, I, I still have my painting, my djembe. Um, those are my two big hobbies. So as long as I can still do that, painting has become uh, a little bit of a, I got to figure out how to hold the brush anymore or the, or the palette knife, which I paint a lot with both of those but it still works. I just gave somebody a painting the other day and they absolutely loved it. So great. As long as they don't look at it and say, what is that? That you can't even <laughs> say that anymore. You can do anything with a painting. So what do you mean? What's that? That's my painting. I love it. I love it again though. That's the other thing. I feel like that's freeing in a way that you can't do it wrong. It's art. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. No right or wrong way to, to, How's that? Thank God I'm not a portrait painter or, or a landscape painter with a good friend of mine, Hub Wilson is, and he does an awesome job of it. But I'm like, well, what do I paint? Abstract. I was going to say <laughs> abstract's a good word. Abstract. Yeah. That'll be me. I'll be the abstract djembe drummer. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> abstract djembe drummer. You know what, though? I, I This is just a little, another little aside of something that brings me comfort in times when I'm feeling uncertain or frustrated or those moments of like, what really universe, what, why? Um, One of the things I love about art and art history and and, and specifically is it was comforting to me to, to learn about paintings from, you know, starting with cave paintings to, um, you know, the Renaissance period to abstract period. It was so comforting for me not so much the paintings themselves, but to learn about the artist and what were they going through. And I felt this like unanimous, like I'm not in it alone, you know, like, like people a hundred years ago were having, you know, certainly the, the situations have changed, but the general core feelings of uncertainty, um, anxiety, you know, sadness, confusion, you know, we've all been there and, Oh yeah. Uh, to me, art is like, that is the core of it for me as what I feel like. It's just comforting to know that the person that's out there and made that no matter whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. You know, it's about right, the, right. the the heart and soul of the person doing it. Um, it's, it's what you get out of it personally. Yeah. 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 I, I rework painting so many times that people say, don't keep reworking it. I said, I will rework it until I'm happy with it. And most of the time it comes out better than I had done before. Sometimes it's a total mess. And I said, oh, well, put that aside, you know. It's the process, right? It's the, yeah, sure. the process. 
because of it all. It's um, abstract. So it's all good. Abstract, exactly, exactly. But I think um, one, one of the, the hardest jobs in a patient with ALS, obviously, is the caretaker. And you have to give a shout out to them because I just, I don't envy my husband the fact that what he is starting to have to do for me now and eventually will end up having to do a lot more. You know, I'm, I'm pretty self-sufficient yet, um, although I do need assistance and, you know, cutting food is always a challenge. My hands are going downhill. Unfortunately, people that have use of their hands, please be careful with them. Cherish them because when you don't have them, it's, it's a major part of your whole body and what you do. But I found that out. I never thought about it before. Yeah. Never thought about it. Yes, definitely. Caregivers, they are incredible, incredible people. And there are so many out there that um, are just incredible. Incredible. So much you can say about less and what people go through and everybody's case is different. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And and we are so grateful, Pat, for you and this opportunity to get to know you. And I feel um, one of the things Lenny and I talked about early on when we started this, this incredible journey together was um, the hope that, you know, somebody listening to it feels less alone. If one person feels less oh, alone, yeah. that's that we've done it. And so I'd be curious. Alone. <laughs> uh, what are you, if just somebody who, who, um, is newly diagnosed and, or to a caretaker whose loved one is newly diagnosed, if you had any, you know, uh, you have a lot of wisdoms and a lot to share, but what, what do you, what would you want them to know? That they're not alone. There, there's so many people out there, the ALS community that are ready to jump right in and, and help. And I, I would, my first thing I would tell people to do if their doctor hasn't told them that, or if their neurologist hasn't told them that, is to get in touch with somebody from the uh, ALS community, like ALS Greater Philadelphia area, uh, Lehigh Valley area, every city around that I'm, you know, I'm not even sure how many of them there are. Uh, You know, my uh, psychologist down in, in Hershey says, just hop on any of the Zoom meetings that all these different places have, the different you know, there's like first years at Lehigh Valley, like I said, and uh, and get involved with people that have been there that are doing it. The same way with the caretakers, there's, there's specifically, I guess, uh, I think a website for care type takers. There's stuff that I, you know, I'm new to this. Lenny and I, you know, what, what is it, like a year and a half now, year and three quarters, whatever, but that's, we're still babies in the process of elimination. I could say that's probably a good metaphor there, but uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's not something I was planning on doing in my 70s. But you're right. I think it's uh, somebody that's just recently diagnosed is take your time, process it, and for your own well-being, reach out to, to, to those that you want to know about it so that, and that they themselves know that you are counting on them to be part of your support group. Um, and it may be, you know, a couple iterations here before you find the core group, but that, as you said, you're not alone. There's plenty of support out there and um, take advantage of that support. And, and uh, um, don't be, uh, you know, don't be shy. Don't be bashful. And um, there are people out there that are willing to help and want to help within your, your family, within your friends, as well as, third parties such as the uh, um, ALS Association, you know, the Southeast Pennsylvania ALS Association and, and the clinic that you get involved with. So, um, and give yourself time and, and uh, don't hold it in, let your friends know, let everybody yep. know. And um, I know I'm guilty of this a lot. I get, uh, it, it, don't beat yourself up over things that you can or can't do, or the fact that I'm just tired. I just want to, yeah. I don't want to do anything now. I just want to sit in front of a silly movie and just lose myself in something lighthearted. I'm always beating myself up over that, that I don't have that much time. So let's not sit here in front of the TV, right. but at I the same time, with... <laughs> it's comfortable. Excuse me. 
I've done that with, with food. My husband and I, my husband's a great cook. I mean, he's done all the cooking in the 42 years we've been married, you know, right. that's fine. But, um, I, I just, yeah. but go ahead and eat something that you haven't eaten in years. Like I, we watched our diet as far as like sugar, carbs, everything else. Now it's like, I don't know. The closest thing to me right now is licorice because I like, really like it. I got addicted to it now. So <laughs> I'm going to eat it. Eat it. Ice eat cream. It. If I want to eat ice cream for lunch, I'm going to eat ice cream for lunch. I'm not saying everybody go out there and eat all the junk food you can get your hands on. But I mean, I still watch what I eat to an extent. I'm not yeah, I was going to say, you watch it right from the plate up to your mouth, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> like that. Exactly. No, Marta, my, my, my girlfriend, she loves licorice. I personally don't. I've got, I like, uh, chocolate gooey things, not necessarily licorice, but I remember the first time that I, that I went to the clinic um, and I love to eat and they said calories, you got to have big calorie intake, oh, yeah. basically eat everything. So I was like, okay, that just gave me a, um, you know, just gave me a free ticket to, to eat whatever I want, whenever I wanted. Now I started getting, you know, I haven't, I've been fortunate. I haven't lost really any weight. I put it on. No, I haven't either, <laughs> but I've noticed my waist getting big. And I'm like, all right, I've got to start dialing things back here a little bit. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. so I have been doing that. I've been trying to avoid, you know, the, you know, I eat a full meal plus, you know, two helpings. And then, you know, Marta is a great cook, just like your husband. And, you know, what, what would you like for dessert? Well, she made me a sundae with three scoops of ice cream. And, and I just didn't like a little topping. It was like, put all the chocolate, all the marshmallows, the well, nuts, okay. the wherever we have, oh, yeah. throw it in yeah. there. Indulge. Yeah. In Indulge. Indulge. But there, there, there is a drawback in that, and I found it the same thing with Lenny. Just I was always like fairly thin, you know. Like I said, I was in good shape and everything, and now just yeah, they do tell you to put on calories because you're going to lose you lose your muscle weight and everything. Done that, but I haven't lost really any weight. I again put on a pound or two because I'm eating all the stuff that's really not good for me, but it has a lot of calories, right? And sugar, you know. But it gets harder to pull up, you know, sweatpants, anything easy. And my hands don't work right. So right. there's no strength left in them. So, you know, dumb me, here I am with a bigger waistline and same size pants. And actually, I want to. <laughs> but trying to pull them up is not easy. So you get your caretaker to help. My husband loves that because it's wedgy every time. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, he looks forward to it. Can I help you put your pants on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, well, Kat. Well, this has been a such a privilege, such a pleasure. You are Thank a powerhouse, you. and we are just so grateful for you and this opportunity. And um, you, you are a rare gem, my friend. And we are lucky to <laughs> to know you and learn from you. And I cannot wait to do our drum circle together. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, here you go, Lenny. How's that? I see the red glasses. <laughs> red glasses. I like them with the purple hair. I, I don't have anything to read at the moment, but <laughs> that's all right. And, and believe me, I will call you probably this weekend to see yeah. what my next call step me, could please. be to Both of you. Both connect of you. with Jembe. Yes. Yeah. We, we will keep in touch here. We're going to play some. Definitely. Yeah. All right, Pat. Thank you so much. Oh, and certainly. And thank you for. Thank you, Pat. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Stay warm, stay safe, stay healthy. And we'll, we'll be in touch. Okay. We will. All right. Stay off the scooter. I will <laughs> believe me. Not anywhere near it. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. Take care. Be well. Take care. Bye. Wow. Episode two with Pat. What an amazing experience, Lenny. Um, we actually had the pleasure of joining the community drum circle last night that Pat invited us to. And wow, what a cool and different and unique experience we got to be a part of thanks to Pat and her crew. Um, I was banging on my two and a half year old son's plastic drum that we pulled out of the toy chest. And Lenny was drumming on the bottom of a pail 
that he had in his house. Um, so we didn't have actual djembes, but we joined the, the, the community of people drumming. And it was a really different and interesting experience that I feel grateful to be a part of. Um, what about you, Letty? I mean, what did you think? Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I thought it was good. It gave some physical activity. Um, and, and, you know, in terms of ALS, coincidentally, um, I was reading an article from uh, the uh, ALS Today newsletter. I think it was dated the 19th of February, where it talked about the benefits of moderate physical activity in slowing down the deterioration of muscle. And djembe, this drum circle, plays right into that. Um, it's, it's very... Um, you know, the, the, the level of physical activity is certainly is moderate um, and the level of musical ability that you need to participate in, in the drum circle, which is open to everybody, um, is, is none. And I'm, I'm proof positive of that. I certainly can't <laughs> say that I, I, I knew what I was doing or have a whole lot of musical talent, um, but, but it was really done well. And, and, and Mo, um, who, who leads the drum circle is the moderator. Um, she really focuses not just on, on the drum. In fact, the drum is almost a, a, a secondary focus. The real prime focus is, is to help people deal with stress and, and use this as an opportunity for possibly meditation um, and, and just helping to relieve that stress through your body, through your hands, down to the drum. Um, you know, in my case, banging on the, um, you know, the bottom of a pail. So I, 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 I really, I, I really did enjoy it. And I thought it was very, um, really has the opportunity to be beneficial for people for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And there was definitely something special about, you know, 18 somewhat strangers connecting on zoom. Um, all of us, you know, beating to our own literal, literally beating to our own drum, but doing it together. Um, and I kept saying, I don't know about you, Lenny, but I agree with you. I was, I had no idea what I was doing, but I kept telling myself what Pat had said to us in the interview of there's no wrong notes. You cannot do this wrong. And it's like, when you can get past that in your head, then I found myself allowing myself to be a part of the the fun of it, you know, and the more meditative experience that I think um, Mo and, and Pat had were talking about. Um, but yeah, it was, it, yeah, Pat is an incredible person and I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity to have met her, learned from her. And, um, you know, she shared with us a lot of, a lot of beautiful things and, and she was open, she was honest. And I think, I'm always inspired by people's willingness to keep showing up and keep trying new things. And I think that she is a beautiful example of that. And look here, you and I are trying new things because of her. So, you know, you never know the ripple effect you have on people. Yep. That was exciting. I, I agreed before we met Pat, I had no idea what a djembe was. Mm -hmm. I knew the sound because I've certainly heard it in, 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 in movies I've heard it in, you know, animation. I've heard it in songs, um, but I didn't know what that was. And it was the djembe, which is a, you know, beautiful percussion. And it's got so many other beneficial effects from playing and listening to it that um, I feel grateful that, uh, you know, Pat exposed us to that, exposed me to that. Yeah, me too. She was fun. She was an absolute blast. Um, if you want to if you listening want to get involved in the drum circles, uh, make sure to check out the website. It's www.lvdrumcircle.com. Um, highly encourage you to go check that out. Um, and yeah, if you, for those listeners out there too, just a reminder, we'd love to, to hear from you. If you want to get involved uh, in our project here at Roots Radio, please reach out to us. Uh, email is rootsradioals at gmail.com. And stay tuned for episode number three. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks, everybody. And uh, one last plug, make sure you get vaccinated. That's all I can say. Yes, yes. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.